You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Abby. And I'm Sarah. Today we're going to talk about being sick. But first, let's catch up on life lately. Abby, what is new with you? I wanted to give a sleep training update, which is that Pepper is, for the most part, sleep trained. Yay! We used the extinction method, which is where you put them in their room and don't go get them again. So let them cry. And that worked for him when he was little to learn to fall asleep on his own rather than nursing to sleep. Mm -hmm. We started the first night making a cutoff that we wouldn't feed him before 2 a.m. So if he woke up before then, we would use our sleep training method. And then he actually woke up right about 2 a.m. So I fed him the first night. The second night, he woke up at midnight cried for a while, and then went back to sleep and slept till 7.30. Love it. It is a game changer for my life and my mental health. And it's still not perfect in that he still occasionally wakes up. Mm -hmm. But I would say he sleeps through more often than not. And so is going to sleep between 6.30 and 7 and waking up sometime between 6 and 7, which is between 11 and 12 hours of sleep. And I am... So here for it. (laughs) Good work, Pepper. Good work, parents. Oh, thanks. What's new with you, friend? I want to talk about a KitchenAid mixer fix that I should have done years ago, but only did (laughs) this past holiday season. So our KitchenAid mixer, the beater was getting too low where it was hitting the bowl Mm. too much as it was spinning. And Neil kept saying, why don't you look into fixing that? And I don't use my mixer frequently enough, and it felt like so much effort, and I just never did it. And then finally, this year, I said, I'm going to look into this. And it turns out all you have to do is lift up the head part. There's a screw there, and turning that screw adjusts it. So it probably took a total of two minutes, including looking it up, (laughs) and I've been avoiding this for years. Such is the story of lots of things like that. But feeling very accomplished, my mixer is working great now. You are the queen of kitchen appliance repairs today, Sarah. (laughs) Now let's move into what we've been reading. What is your latest book? I just finished The Witch Way Tree by Elizabeth Crook. This is a historical fiction book, and it's told in letters by Benjamin, who's maybe 14 or 15 when he's writing, and he's the older brother of Samantha. So At the very beginning of the book, the family basically gets attacked by a panther who kills Samantha's mother, Benjamin's stepmother, and disfigures Samantha's face. And then the whole rest of the novel is their adventure as they hunt the panther. Hmm. Not what I was expecting. Yeah. (laughs) So it is a very adventure book. It moves really fast, which I really liked about it. His voice is really strong, told in letters like that. I really appreciated that. And then I thought that it was really cool to read about the relationship between the half-siblings. And then it is set in Texas Hmm. around the time of the Civil War. So I think just after the Civil War, I always like Texas stuff. So I was there for that, too. (laughs) Was it a YA novel or is it adult? It's an adult novel. And I won't say that it's my favorite that I've read, but it was great. Definitely worth reading. All right. What about you? I just finished the book Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger by Rebecca Traister. This one has been on my list for ages. Me too. And then my book club picked it, so I actually got around to reading it this month. It is a nonfiction book that covers 
the lead up to and the aftermath of the 2016 election, in addition to a lot of historical references to the first and second wave of feminism, it talks about how women are angry, women have been angry for a long time, women have a good reason to be angry, and women are punished for their anger in a way that our white male counterparts are not, Hmm. which is, of course, an injustice on top of an injustice. I think that Traster perfectly encapsulated the rage running through the left since the 2016 election and also rightfully points out over and over how all of the white women who are newly awoken to this injustice are late to the party. And we have so much to learn from the black and brown activists who have been fighting this fight for centuries. I felt like the message of the book was let's hold on to our anger, but also remember our privilege in our efforts to join that fight Mm. and doing so with a respect to the larger context. I found the conclusion especially inspiring and felt like the perfect time to read it going into this presidential election year. The one thing I would say I didn't like is it felt a little bit more like a slog to get into at the beginning. But once I switched over to audio, I couldn't stop listening. Mm. I think something about just having that little bit of work done for me that I could really focus on the message instead of getting through the prose. Is it read by her? Yes, it is. I love that. I love that too. And I would absolutely recommend this. If you feel mad, this book will validate your feelings and also give you ideas for how to productively channel that anger. So it felt both infuriating and inspiring at the same time. Nice. So our topic today is all about being sick. As we head into the long days of winter, we felt like this would be a good time to talk about what sickness looks like in our family. Let's start by sharing how we are as a sick person. When I was making our outline, I thought, hey, I'm a pretty good sick person. But then I thought, does everybody think that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So I consider myself to be a pretty good sick person. I can count on one hand the number of times that I've been non-functional from being sick as an adult. Though I do think that I'm grumpy, which I think Mm -hmm. does not contribute to me being a good sick person. Especially I get grumpy if I have sinus pain, because that is the absolute worst for me. So is it that you think you're a good sick person or just that you're not sick very often? I think the fact that I'm not sick very often and mostly functional when I am both contribute to me being an amazing sick person. (laughs) Okay. I don't need any opinions from any other members of my family. I will just roll with that (laughs) self-concept. Thank you very much. They can start their own podcast if they would like to share. (laughs) I would say that I would not describe myself as a good sick person. I wouldn't describe myself as a bad sick person, but I definitely want to be sick and want to be alone. I'm not Mm. a whiner. I don't feel like I make life miserable for anyone else around me, but I definitely want to just be relieved of all responsibilities, be able to lay in my bed and read my book or watch TV and not have to do anything that I normally do in my life. Since I'm a parent, that is almost never how it actually looks. So then I think on top of feeling bad about being sick, also feel sad about not being able to be sick the way that I want to. Mm -hmm. I think because I'd like it to be a break, not when I'm feeling completely awfully miserable, Mm -hmm. but when I'm feeling a little under the weather, I want to 
take that time for myself. Mm. And I just almost never can. Really, what right. I do is keep going and going until I am absolutely worn down and then have to take a break. Mm. And that doesn't feel good. When you're really, truly miserable, it's not actually fun to lay in bed all day. Right. <laughs> it's only fun to do that when you're a tiny bit miserable. <laughs> right. When it does, like you said, feel like a vacation. Yes. So that's us. Let's talk about the other members of our family. How do you feel like your spouse and children are when they are sick? I think the other people in my family are pretty good at being sick, too. Andrew does seem to get hit really hard when he does get sick. Hmm. I feel like his body kind of saves it up until he has time off work, and then he's totally miserable when it eventually hits him. Mm -hmm. But I do think that he is genuinely sicker than I am most of the time. I don't think that that is like a figment of his imagination or something like that. I do think he genuinely gets sicker for whatever reason yeah. when he does get sick. Plum is a pretty good sick person. She's very compliant and already a great sleeper. Also want to credit Daniel Tiger for the when you're sick, rest is best mm. adage mm -hmm. that we use a lot in our family. It's very easy to convince her to sleep if she doesn't feel well. I will say that she has a sensitive gag reflex. And so when she has phlegm, she often ends up throwing up at least mm. sometime in the course of an illness. But I mean, she's even good about that, which is really unpleasant and yucky for her and for us. Yes. And then Pepper has only been sick once. He didn't sleep well then, but when you're congested and you're a baby, that's kind of to be expected. So remains to be seen how good of a sick person Pepper will be going forward. What about your people? Neil's a great sick person. He's also very rarely sick, but he is someone who pushes through illness and will often go to work and then tell me about how for his lunch break... He just shut his door and turned off the lights and lay down on his office floor. Poor Neil. <laughs> and then woke up and kept working, which is not ideal. Probably if you feel that bad, you should just be at home. Mm -hmm. But I can't even think of the last time Neil stayed home for his own illness. Hmm. There have been times he stayed home with the kids or when I felt so bad that he stayed home to help with the kids. But I don't know that he stayed home for himself in years. Hmm. So I'm not sure that's something to be commended. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the kids are fine. I feel like kids are so in the moment that even when they're feeling really miserable, usually they're either sleeping or happy to listen to an audiobook or just hang out. Mm -hmm. I think I'll know more when they're older elementary school and teenagers what their true sick personality is. Mm -hmm. And I also think it varies so much from illness to illness that it's one thing to have a cold and be really dramatic about it. Mm -hmm. But then there's when you really have a flu-like illness or something that just totally knocks you out, I feel like everybody responds so differently to the different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And Andrew and I have had this happen where we have gotten upper respiratory viruses or something from Plum. You know, she brought it home from mm -hmm. school and had it and clearly felt really bad and was grumpy and whatever. And maybe we were a little annoyed with that. And then we got hit with it and we were like, well... I'm sorry you felt so terrible. I think you actually could have acted much worse and been justified. So great job, Plum. <laughs> yes, that has also happened in our family. We've already touched on this, but do you feel that overall you are sick more often than other people or less often? I think less often. I feel really fortunate, actually, that as a family, I should probably knock on wood or do some mm -hmm. superstitious something, but <laughs> I feel really lucky that as a family 
we tend to be pretty healthy. I would say that I think I'm sick less often than most people, but I'm definitely the most sick person in our family, so I'm not sure that my impression actually matches with reality. <laughs> but every time I get sick, I think, oh, I've, I've been so healthy, and then I'll think back to the last time I was sick, and it wasn't that long ago. Hmm. So not sure. Not sure what to do with that. <laughs> I guess it's nice to feel like I'm really healthy, even if I'm not. <laughs> Probably feeling healthy is at least part of what's important. <laughs> You're not dwelling on the sickness. Correct. Which is good. Are you someone who prepares ahead for illness by stocking up at the beginning of the season and making sure you have all your over-the-counter medicines and food or drinks that you like in the event of an illness? Or do you just wing it when it happens? Probably more on the side of wing it. I haven't taken over-the-counter meds in ages because I've been pregnant or breastfeeding for so many of the last five years. Mm-hmm. Andrew really likes to take OTC meds, and so we often have them, but he is the one that's kind of in charge of that. And then in terms of foods and things, it's more grabbing them in the moment. Yes. We're similar. I have over-the-counter meds, but honestly, I have never noticed them helping. Mm. <laughs> that when I'm feeling bad and I finally get some or take them, I have not found they help me sleep better. NyQuil does not knock me out in any mm. way, the way that other people describe. Fascinating. I just notice zero difference. So we have them, but we don't restock. So probably a lot of them are verging on expired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Neil doesn't take them. And the kids, we have ibuprofen for them and try and keep that on hand, but nothing else. And with food, it's usually whoever is the not sick person makes a run to the store for the things we like to have on hand. Nice. Speaking of things we like to have when we're sick, what are your preferred sick supplies? For sinus headaches, which, as I've already said, is my least favorite thing, I alternate ibuprofen and Tylenol sort of every three hours, which I think then you get the maximum dose of all of them Both. in a 24-hour period. And I also like to have caffeine, usually in the form of those tiny cans of Dr. Pepper. Oh. That's like just enough caffeine for me. So those <laughs> we do have on hand just in a back cabinet and I'll pull one out. I never have it any other time except mm. when I have a sinus headache. And then for food, for digestive issues, I like ramen cooked as soup and yellow Gatorade. So getting lots of sodium in there <laughs> for my poor sad self. And then for respiratory things, I like homemade chicken noodle soup. If it's not me that's sick, I don't make homemade chicken noodle soup when I'm the sick one. Mm -hmm. But like, for instance, when we have colds, I try and make really nice homemade chicken noodle soup that I'm very proud of. And orange juice. I used to tease Andrew because when he was feeling sick, he would always stop and pick up orange juice. So when he came home with orange juice, I'd be like, are you feeling sick? <laughs> but I really like it now. It's very comforting. <laughs> In terms of things that I do not put into my body... Mm -hmm. I like the Puffs Tissues with Lotion and my neti pot. Mm. We also have a neti pot, but I haven't had much success with it because I think by the time I start using it, my sinuses are so clogged mm. that you just put the water in and it yes. just stops. Yes. It doesn't come out the other side. <laughs> yeah, we've totally Correct. been there with that. I think I need to use it earlier on in the illness to help keep things clear as opposed to turning to it as a last resort. I also do think it's helpful once 
this is gross, but like once your nose has started to drain, Mm -hmm. that it's helpful that it speeds things up. Okay. So rather than blowing your nose all day, you do Mm -hmm. one neti pot and that'll hold you for like an hour or two. And then it's back to like more and more and more and more. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of things I like to eat, I love having crackers. What kind of crackers? Mm, Saltines are my favorite, but I also really like back to nature stone ground wheat crackers. Mm. I like having either of those. And for drinking, Gatorade and ginger ale. What's your preferred Gatorade color? Mm, I don't have a really strong feeling. Not yellow, which I think is what you said. That's so funny. I don't like any of the other colors. (laughs) I like blue (laughs) and purple, (laughs) but yeah, not yellow. And I like to mix some Gatorade and ginger ale and water. I find it way too sweet and strong just having it. So Mm -hmm. I like probably three quarters water, one eighth Gatorade, one eighth ginger (laughs) ale. Neil will always make a concoction for me and bring it back. I'm like, not enough water. Add more water, please. (laughs) That's so funny. Which makes it last for a really long time. One thing Neil likes to have on hand is emergency Mm. The little packets that you put into it. Andrew likes that too. That's another telltale sign where (laughs) he'll start to be mixing it up. And I'm like, oh, you have a tickle in your throat, don't you? He's like (laughs) desperately trying to stave off whatever's coming with the packets. That exact thing happens in our house also. And the kids, we have a pink kids variety for Mm -hmm. them. And they will often request pink drink. Often when they're (laughs) not sick, but we try and limit it to sick time. Exactly. Because it helps them really stay rehydrated. I'm not sure I believe in all of the other things that are part of it. Right. Like they're not just going to drink water, but they will drink a lot of pink drink. Huh. So consider that a win. Nice. Other food that I really like is homemade egg drop soup, mm. which is just water with some of the better than bouillon paste mm-hmm. and then mixing up some eggs and dumping them in for it to cook. I just love the salty broth, a little bit of egg, protein. It's great. Mm -hmm. In terms of meds, the one that I find most effective is ibuprofen for all the things, which is a strong belief my mom has that she has passed on to me, (laughs) that (laughs) ibuprofen is the answer to all. And as I said, a lot of the other over-the-counter stuff, I just haven't really noticed a difference. Hmm. What happens in your house when your kids are sick enough that they need to stay home from school? How do you handle that? I'm the default sick day coverage person because I'm home. We've had a few occasions where I had a commitment or appointment that I couldn't break. Mm -hmm. And it was clear that Plum was not going to school the next day. And then Andrew has stayed home for a partial day and I take over whenever I'm back. And I may have said this already, but I can't remember a time when I've been sick enough that Andrew has needed to stay home. But I'm sure he would. I can remember times when I have been losing my mind not from sickness. And I have called and said, come right home. And he does. So (laughs) I'm sure it would be the same if it were in the case of a physical illness. Yes. In our house, it used to always be me. But now that I work part time a few mornings a week, we've been trying to trade off. We're still figuring that out. But earlier this winter, E needed to stay home. And the first day I stayed home and called in sick to work because Neil had a meeting that he really didn't want to miss. But then My next shift, she also needed to stay home because she'd had a fever the night before. And Neil stayed home with her because I really didn't want to miss two shifts in a row. And I think it really will be on a case-by-case basis. Since I'm an hourly employee, I think that I should go in because we're just missing the income if I don't go in, where Mm -hmm. Neil has sick days that he can take and still get paid. But then 
often there are things in his schedule that are really hard to move. So like I said, we're just taking it as it comes and trying to do what feels fair to both of us. Yeah. And this does not have to do with work, but a time when I really needed my spouse to take over was this summer when he was in Colorado visiting Mm. friends Mm -hmm. and I felt so miserable. I just couldn't deal. I just laid down on the couch and (laughs) couldn't cope with parenting. My kids watched more shows in those three days than probably in the previous three years combined. (laughs) E said to me, Mommy, I hope you feel bad tomorrow so we can watch more shows. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And I thought, thank you so much for your empathy. (laughs) That sounds awful. I mean, great for them in the shows, but like really awful for you. (laughs) It was. I was very glad when Neil came back. And... I'm not sure when I've asked him to stay home 100% when I've been feeling bad, but I've definitely asked him to go in late to work so he could do the drop off Mm. or come home early and pick up HP so I didn't have to go out of the house. Exactly. Which makes a really big difference. Are there any particularly memorable illnesses you have in terms of really inconvenient, awkward locations, on vacation, etc.? The worst that we've had was in advance of Plum's first Christmas. We had been at a holiday party, and there was a kid there that had some kind of GI bug, and I got it, and it was the worst. Tons of puking, all the other things that come along with a GI bug, Mm -hmm. but it was in advance of Christmas, so drank my Gatorade and ate my ramen and got better, and it was amazing that Plum and Andrew didn't get it. We felt sort of like we dodged a bullet at that point. And then after it was over, I think maybe the weekend right before Christmas, we had family in town briefly on their way to the beach where we were all meeting up after the holiday. Mm -hmm. So they came in a little early and they must have picked up the germs from me or from our house because half the people at the beach house ended up with this same bug. And because it had been a really long separation, Mm -hmm. they were like, oh, no, it couldn't have been that. It couldn't have been y'all. But I think... Those norovirus germs or whatever can live on surfaces for a long time. Mm. And we all know what kind of housekeeper I am, especially if I'm in recovery from a GI bug. Right. So I'm sure somebody got something there and then brought it and shared it Mm -hmm. with everybody else. So what was funny is that they all thought that it had been from this shrimp that we cooked, but... Andrew happily ate the shrimp and leftovers for several days and never got it himself. So I'm fairly certain it was a terrible Christmas gift from us. Mm. One of my worst ones also involves a norovirus-like illness around Christmas time. (laughs) The day before we were supposed to leave Missouri to go back home, I was up all night with all the GI things, didn't sleep at all. I remember just being miserable, and I was re-listening to the royal we Mm. as I was doing that, and that was the only thing that got me through that night. (laughs) Yeah. And in the morning, that's when we were supposed to leave. Neil was packing up, and I just remember sitting on the couch and looking at him and just thinking, I cannot travel today. Mm. I feel so awful. I was past the active stage of the illness, but still just feeling awful. And then finally, I was like, well, going to feel awful no matter what. He's going to drive. Let's just do it. So spent the day in the car driving back. I put on my headphones, drank Gatorade, 
stared out the window, trying to will time to move faster. Mm-hmm. Then Neil got the same illness. And it's that same kind of thing you were talking about, how you feel empathy in the past for the person who had it before. Oh, yes. Because he was like, wow, I'm so sorry I made you drive and you're like, hours That's after right you, you are. <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. Yep. I mean, of course, I would not wish that on him. It was truly miserable. But I did feel very validated and like I was really tough for sticking it out. (laughs) You're so gritty. (laughs) So full of grit. That's right. In terms of illnesses that my kids have had, HP has had hand, foot, and mouth twice. Once when we were in Austin and Mm. then once here in Bloomington. I thought that was the kind of thing you only got once, but apparently not. Yeah, it's so disappointing that there are multiple strains of that virus. Because I had that same thought when Plum first got hand, foot, and mouth. I was like, oh, great. Mm -hmm. Now we're probably done with this. And then I realized, no, we are not, in fact, done with this. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the rash was just so bad on his hands Mm. and not helped by the fact that he was sucking his thumb then. Mm -hmm. It was miserable. And the pediatrician said if he didn't have a fever... He can go back to school. And I just thought, I cannot send my child with this rash on his Mm. body back to preschool. I would just not feel comfortable doing that. And that was right before Thanksgiving. So I think he had a full two and a half weeks of not going to preschool. And you had a full two and a half weeks with like a bored kid at home. Because hand, foot, and mouth is not one of those ones that makes them feel really terrible for the whole duration of the illness. Like they might feel really bad and have trouble eating Mm -hmm. when things are sort of ramping up with the sores or Mm -hmm. whatever, but then they're fine. Yeah. And both times HP never had issues with eating, which was great. He didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of mouth sores. That's good. Those two weeks were very challenging. I remember doing a lot of clutter clearing, going through all of the closets and all of the things because I was like, well, I guess we're just at home. We can't go out, even though my kid mostly feels fine, but... That was a long couple of weeks of family time in our house. (laughs) I think that wraps up our conversation about illness. We are wishing you all a very healthy 2020, but we would love to commiserate with you and hear your stories of awful illnesses. (laughs) Let's end as we always do by talking about something we've been eating. I want to share a recipe that a friend made for us after my surgery. It is called No Peak Chicken, P-E-E-K, because it's in the oven for about three hours Mm. covered in foil and you shouldn't peek at it. (laughs) (laughs) This is a recipe that if I had just seen it online or if someone had described it to me, I'd be like, "Mm, yeah, probably not my jam. But so glad she made it because it is my jam. It's so delicious. It is rice on the bottom with coconut milk and water. Then you layer chicken on top. I've used breasts in the past, but I found that to be way too dry. So Mm. now I do the thighs, which I think is much tastier. Thighs are always my preference. And then on the stove, you melt butter and flour to make a roux and add broth to it. So it's Mm. this really thick, buttery situation. You pour that on top and then you take packets of soup mix. So I've used Lipton because that's what's been easiest to access. Mm -hmm. She recommended the Trader Joe's variety as Mm. being particularly delicious. Is this French onion soup mix? Yes, correct. And then you shake that all across the top, cover it in foil, 
you bake it for two and a half or three hours. And it is just so good. The coconut makes it really creamy. The saltiness of the soup mix. It is the perfect rainy, cozy meal. I need to make this. Yep. Probably this weekend. Sounds amazing. I will send you the recipe. And I have made it with brown rice, but for the full comfort effect, my friend recommended the white rice Mm. and she was spot on. Love it. What have you been eating? I want to share another sugar cookie recipe. I think I initially talked about sugar cookies years ago on the pod. Mm -hmm. Those sugar cookies that I was making before were the kind that you have to roll out or shape in some way. I just wanted drop sugar cookies that would be as easy as our favorite soft chocolate chip cookies. Mm -hmm. And I think that I have found that recipe. Okay. It is from a blog called Julie's Eats and Treats. And it's just sort of your basic thing. I think I cut the recipe in half initially so that it would be more similar in quantity to those Mm -hmm. best soft chocolate chip cookies. But it's really easy. You can frost them or not. And they're soft. They're delicious. It's amazing. I will definitely be giving them a try, especially if you consider these to be in the same category as those chocolate chip cookies, because those are amazing. Yeah. I mean, just the ease with which you can do it. You probably have all the stuff already. I mean, it's just really awesome. Love it. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Sarah, and with all of you listeners. You can find us on our website, friendlierpodcast.com, on Instagram at friendlierpodcast, or email us, friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. But then I'm also so surprised every time. (laughs) Like, what? I'm sick again? So what can you do?